This week's show is brought to you by Miracle Made. Alright, now you guys, Brad and Alex, you know I like a lot of things, but I'm going to reveal a little bit about myself here. I really like sleeping. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I'm like, it's, oh, yeah. A, it's in my top three. Of it's a great I thing enjoy. to do. Wait, hang on. Eating, sleeping, and? Sleeping. Again. Okay. It's, All right. it's it's mostly sleeping, then eating, then sleeping Got again. Got it, yes. Got sleep, it. get up, eat, then you get back to sleep. <laughs> yeah. If I could eat while I'm sleeping, I would probably do that, too. Sleep, eat, sleep, repeat. Got it. Yes. And luckily for me, Miracle Made has sheets just for me. Because did you know that traditional bed sheets can harbor more bacteria than a toilet seat? And I'll tell you what I don't like, sleeping on a damn toilet seat. I would rather sleep in some nice sheets. I don't know, man. Have you tried it? Unfortunately, yes. And it's not my style. I won't ask you to elaborate. (laughs) Inspired by those punks at NASA, Miracle Made uses silver-infused fabrics and makes temperature-regulating bedding so you can sleep at the perfect temperature all night long. It has self-cooling properties. The sheets that are infused with this silver prevent up to 99.7% of bacterial growth, leaving them to stay cleaner and fresh three times longer than other sheets, and no more gross odors. Only the best odors in my sheets. You can go to trymiracle.com slash nextlander to try Miracle Made Sheets today. And whether you're buying them for yourself or as a gift for a loved one, if you order today, you can save over 40%. And if you use our promo nextlander at checkout, you'll get three free towels and save an extra 20%. Miracle is so confident in their product, it's backed with a 30-day money-back guarantee. So if you aren't 100% satisfied, you'll get a full refund. Upgrade your sleep with Miracle Made. Go to miracle.com slash nextlander and use the code nextlander to claim your free three-piece towel set and save over 40% off. Again, that's trymiracle.com slash nextlander to treat yourself. Thank you, Miracle Made, for sponsoring this episode. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another Nextlander podcast. We talked about this a little bit on the Ramblecast, but Alex Navarro, you are at home base. I am. I have finally set things up in the new home base. You can't see it on this podcast. There was a different podcast where maybe you could see a little of it, uh-huh. but not this one. Sorry, this is a no no eye zone here. No eye, no eyes. And the only eye, I, I agree that it is the no eye, I don't know. I, yeah, yeah. Brad Shoemaker. That wasn't the easiest setup, to be fair. <laughs> There's no I in Brad. Yeah. Eye-eye? <laughs> this guy's the eye-eye, yes. Eye-eye. We're talking about Super Monkey Ball? Oh, we're always oh, yeah, talking we are. about Super Monkey Ball. When are okay. we not talking about Super Monkey Ball? I don't know. Super Monkey Ball, Caravella, that's my name, Banana Master. Alex Navarro, uh, you are uh, in the basement. I am. Uh, it is nice and cool down there. It is nice and, and cool, cool, but the audio is nice and warm. Nice. Is it not? Yes. Uh, I feel like we talked about this on the Ramblecast, but you are, in case something weird happens, still working through some internet stuff. Yeah. Um, 
and some so tanks you, it, with a new, yeah. new Verizon FiOS service that I am unfamiliar with and not exactly sure where the 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 the, the kinks in the armor are. Mm. So we'll just uh, we'll see how this goes. We'll see how I it goes. Blame the router. That's right. I the think router. my next step is going to be trying to replace the router they gave me with one of the Nighthawks that I already have, which could break everything or it could break nothing. There's no way to know unless I try and break it. But you uh, can't without losing your cable TV service, though, right? I'm not sure. That's the thing is that I got the impression they were connected. But at mm. this point, I'm just going to try it and see what happens. Okay. Good luck, sir. Thank you. Uh Brad, do you use your, you don't use your, uh, you don't rent a router, right? Or, or you didn't buy no. the official, you have your own? You use the Edge, right? The Edge router yes, still? Okay. Yes, I've got an Edge router 4 still that I am looking for any excuse to get rid of uh, <laughs> as soon I, as possible. I, my, my is okay for now. I haven't done it. I'm not doing any big pushes or anything fancy with it. My little, it's underpowered, I think, for what, if I ever yes. need to do anything it, big, it, but. It's underpowered, not to get into fucking IT hour here, but they dropped the edge router line very unceremoniously, like they don't support it anymore. Yeah. And that sucks. Sucks. And there, I'll say this as somebody who is in, for me, I am in the um, uh, Unify system with a lot of stuff. It never showed up in that system, even though it was part of Ubiquity, and that was always a bummer because everything else shows up in their diagnostics. Mm-hmm. Anywho, fact, actually, you know, a, a fairly significant CVE was discovered in Edge OS just last week. I wonder if they have fixed it. I bet not. It, they, you said they dropped the line, right? Yeah. Uh, I mean, they, you know, they said like, I will continue to support it, okay. which means like hot fixes for vulnerabilities How really you, is so, all that means. But let me see. They've at least been good up to now about, I swore we weren't going to do this, <laughs> uh, uh, about, uh, dealing with with exploits and vulnerabilities, but have mm-hmm. they? Nope, they have not fixed that new one yet. So I'm just kidding. Anyway. I, I'm just kidding. I don't have an edge router. I've got something else. I'm not going to mm-hmm. mention it. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of why? other routing options these days. Well, oh, because of the vulnerability. That Brad okay, just fair mentioned. enough. Yeah, uh, it's a you know networking jokes. Uh-huh. That's, uh huh. How do you guys feel about? Uh, you guys both have Apple devices or Apple phones, at least. How do you guys feel about those hot fixes when you wake up and you're like, "Hey, we pushed a freaking fix to your phone, man." I didn't. Oh, I those are awesome. I wasn't gonna wait for you to to plug this thing in or do the dance of it's charging, it's not charging. We just pushed an update to you. Oh, I don't. I don't have the automatic install enabled. If that's what you mean, yes. of like, oh, this thing has rebooted since I put it down. Like, I don't. I don't have that part. But okay. But those those rapid security fixes are awesome because okay. a real iOS update takes fucking forever. <laughs> they that do it does. take forever. Like 10 plus minutes, 10, 15 minutes sometimes. And those security patches take like 20 seconds. They, they feel fairly recent, like within the last year, are they? Yeah, it, it just it just okay. they just rolled out a few months ago. Um. Anyway, that's the tech update. I hope everybody's up to date now on technology i just got uh speaking of cool technology i hope it works because i just set it up today got a small room size dehumidifier for uh for the attic uh because it's so humid up there Uh, there's something i find still magical and cool about a dehumidifier like water being pulled from the air you know and collected in like a little tray there's i don't know there's there's something like desalinization style like oh my gosh we're making water from nothing it's just it's just all around us we can solve it it. we've we've got a big one yeah i've never like looked at a diagram of what's in there but is it just a fan and a membrane it's an air conditioner basically it it doesn't get cool enough 
is it just pulling air through a oh oh wait is there a temperature it, component i assume yeah. it's pulling air through some kind of membrane that water could not pass through my understanding is it's cold enough to uh condense like have water con- condensation happen but then um uh, not cold enough to like you know it blows out hot air that's my understanding yeah, of that that would explain the hot air um and also i guess the hot air because i looked into this you know you can't like vent it out the hot air is part of the process of drying the air too it's not like you vent the air out like you might for a dryer let's say uh, do you want to do you want to be moist or do you want to be hot i want to Take be hot pick. no i would much rather have at this point that whatever they call that dry heat but not i am not saying what is happening now in like say arizona where the like it is 110 and i'm sure nobody is running around anymore saying but it's a dry heat I'm sure they're saying get inside and stay in a cooling center if you can get your ass beat saying something like that yeah 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 dry heat uh but yeah humidity sucks uh we've got a bunch of games coming out here some surprises some stuff i wasn't expecting to really get attached to as much as i did my goal of get through them games before baldur's gate continues because baldur's gate's rapidly approaching i think we're about a week and a half out now uh from that game launching which is exciting and then uh, everybody knows after that it's just a cascade of kind of anticipated and big releases uh throughout september and october uh but let's just jump right in here because i'm very excited uh, to say um or to have played viewfinder you guys yeah, found man. something Oh man. man, I don't Dude, know. I wouldn't say is, found that, it, but it's it's kind of awesome. just stupendous. Yeah, so it, it is really excellent. I think I'm about halfway through it. Uh, it's a it's a game that maybe initially presents itself in the vein of a witness like or kind of a, a initially if you're watching a, saw trailers, which you know we did. It's like uh, like like subliminal meets yeah i'd I'd say it's even more of a portal like because it is so it's a a first person puzzle game with uh voiceover based storytelling yeah um but it's more it's more portal like in that the levels are very short and self-contained it's more Mm -hmm. like rooms a series of rooms than one giant world yep i i should finish it before i say something before i write checks that this game might not be able to cash but like it's up there man with portal and the witness in terms of inventiveness like it is one of the best one of this type of games i have played in a very long time i um i finished it this morning it it took me about four and a half hours ish for uh, somewhere between four and five hours i think i could i could back that statement okay it it, it being one of the better ones of these in a long time it is uh it keeps iterating on the premise that, in okay, ways until that's the exactly, end. That's exactly my question. Like I, I had a moment cause I was like, it's, it's broken up into like worlds or hubs. Yeah. Um, I had a moment after I finished the second hub world area where I was like, ah, okay, this thing has been just like wowing me at every turn, but surely they're going to run out. Like their bag of trips tricks is going to be empty at some point. Right. Like, like maybe this is going to get repetitive eventually, but like hearing that that doesn't happen or that they, just keep wheeling out new spins on the concept. So it's, you know, it's fairly short. There are four main hub worlds, I think four main hub worlds. And then, um, kind of, a uh, another place that comes into play later, but four main ones. And they have a kind of a new mechanic for each one. Uh, and, and they stack on top of each other and they build very gracefully. Yeah. Uh, and, 
the, let's just say the initial one and the one they show in the trailers is basically, and it's really mind bending to see the first time I showed my wife and she was like, well, I don't think I can handle this. Um, is basically you have like a, you're in the world. It's a first person game. You can pick up a still image and then hold it up and place it basically. And that becomes a 3d zone, like a portal into, or it just exists now in that world in it's full three dimensions with, yeah, with depth. People, people may have seen GIFs or trailers of this going around. I feel like they've been promoting it for a while. Like, like the concept, if you just see it once, which takes about five seconds, like you immediately kind of get what they're going for. Yeah, it's, it's um, weird and cool. And by, even by the end, I think I was still like that. It's just a cool effect. Like, it, like a, a big, so like seeing the promotional stuff over the last year or two. Like the concept seemed a little obvious to me. I was like, okay, sure. That seems neat. Like you'll take a picture of a bridge and slap it down to make a real bridge and then walk across the gap. But like, I think it's maybe only 10 or 15 minutes into the game before they surpass that level of execution yeah. and start doing more interesting stuff with it and just keep going and going from there. But also even from a tech perspective, the way that works, like you're creating level, you know, every time you put a photo down, that has got depth to it. And it's like, Oh, there's like, I don't know, a table and a bridge and some stairs here. Like you're not only creating what is in that photo when you put it down so you can interact with it. You're also carving out whatever you put it down on. That's right. Yeah. Like it's destructive. So you're like destroying parts of the level by putting down new parts of level. And that is handled. It's some like, it's some straight up, like the big rig from Terminator two, like the time travel orb came out and like carved a big slice out of this out of this this 18 wheeler you know what i mean yes yes definitely carving literal slices out of the world to put down new pieces of world it's crazy yeah it's got that really clean carved edges of the existing world where you put down your your mess uh the game i find um okay so there's that puzzle mechanic and and like you said it's kind of broken up into little worlds where you're essentially trying to get to a teleporter at the end of a level now through whatever puzzle means necessary and uh to kind of complete the self-contained little little bit uh it's got a narrative it's it's not it's it's not huge it's not like sprawling narrative but it is interesting enough and and i found to be a very good propellant to be like i wonder where this goes like what happened it's kind of a personal smaller it's hard to say there's a big problem but the narrative is fairly small and self-contained and interpersonal um it's got, uh, and that's told through audio logs and, and stuff in the world, notes in the world and, and yeah. some things like that. I mean, you've seen how it plays out. I, I haven't seen the ending yet, but like, I, I would say like the narrative is not enough on its own to keep a game going that otherwise was not interesting, but this game mechanically and visually and everything. And, and in terms of invention is so damn good that like having that's that extra, like the story adds something to that, I guess is what I'm saying. Like if this was just a completely sterile puzzle game where it was just, Hey, solve these crazy yeah. puzzles we came up with. And there was no human element to this. It would still be an amazing game, but it is like, there's definitely more of a humanizing element to it because it's got this story in it. Like I, I was, I was in it for both, right? Like, yes. Yeah. yeah. They, they work like, in, they work together to keep you moving both because you get new mechanics so often. And because you want to see, I th- I'd say every two or three, it's not everyone, maybe every two or three levels, you get a pretty good audio log that's that kind of moves things uh, along a bit too. They kind of drop you in 
without a lot of setup. I thought maybe I missed an opening cutscene, uh, but they just kind of drop you in and you're like, all right, we're here, we're doing this. And it's, yeah. it's not it's very only like 15, 20 minutes in, you hit a moment. I won't say what it is, but the moment that they make clear the nature of the reality that you were working in. Yeah. Like on a, again, like a technical, a visual, like artistic presentation level. It just like fucking blew my mind. <laughs> it's in cool. In terms of trying to think how to put it without just saying what happens. But like it, there, there's, there's more than just putting a 2d photo down to make 3d level out of, they do other things with that idea of like, you're in a 3d world. And all of a sudden that 3d world has now been put to some other use. Mm-hmm. I know this is very vague. No, no, like, it's good to experience when, it yourself. When like you, when you see it, when you see it in action, it's like, Oh my God, like they just, they had an idea, but they knocked it out of the park in the way that they presented it. Cause like, I have not seen something like that in a game before. And, and the, and the world has like interesting rules that it plays by that both are integral to the mechanics of the puzzles and the puzzle solving, you know, it's, it's, and they're, they're cool to try and bend and work around. And it sometimes feel like sometimes feels like, and I like this about certain puzzle games, you can solve the puzzle in a a couple of different ways. Like it doesn't have to be the exact way that maybe they planned out. You can get around it. Maybe it took you a little longer. Maybe, maybe you did a little something different. Like that can, that can lead to some fiddly situations where Mm -hmm. like, Oh, I didn't line this up exactly. Right. There's like, I'm going to have to like try to jump over this gap to get up here. It's got a rewind mechanic. Like that's actually key. And a nice um, and a, and a well implemented like, one. That's a that's another thing where like they this is a Unity game. They just really like went for it, bending Unity to their will to make it do cool stuff. Like you just hold down the R key at least on PC, and it just rewinds as if it's a VCR. Like it's straight up. Yeah. You you get some like corruption in the image as it as it. I think you literally hear a tape rewinding sound effect. Um, but it also on the little timeline, it, it milestones every, every significant thing you do. If you used a photo, if you activated a switch, whatever, you can just double tap the rewind and it'll just jump you back to the last time. Last time. Cause you know, like the photos are a finite resource. There, there are batteries to power these teleporters and those are finite. You need to like, sometimes you'll commit to using a thing and be like, Oh, that wasn't the right thing. You literally just double tap rewind. Then you're back to right before you used it, which is really helpful. But also like you said, you've got a lot of freedom in like where to put photos down, like where to take photos, stuff like that. Sometimes I've, I've gotten I one level. I got into trouble there where again, I don't want to talk too much about solutions. The, the place I had chosen to put a photo earlier had like, yeah, like obliterated something you had, needed. had left, had left something in the level where I couldn't then walk to where I needed sure. to do to do yeah. like two puzzles later. So I had to kind of back way up and redo stuff. But like that rewind is so fast that it's really not a big deal. Uh, yeah, I often would be like, where the heck is, like you said, where is this battery? And then I'd be like, oh, I probably plastered over that thing <laughs> like two photos ago Yeah, uh, and just would rewind it. Uh, the rewind is very... I'm just going to call it, um, it's essential, but also feels very, um, player friendly. Like it's, it's the, the game does not feel punishing. It feels like it is there to, to kind of push you along. There's a hint system that I'm not exactly sure how it's triggered. I don't know if it's time spent in a level or, um, or backing out of the level. I'm not exactly sure. It came up once or twice for me. And then towards the very end of the game came up, came up more. Uh, but you can push, it'll be like, Hey, push start. If you need a hint. Um, and it doesn't seem like it punishes you for using the hint or it's not like, okay, you're going to lose some achievements or, or progress. Um, but that being said, 
there's only two puzzles I, I had a bit of a tough time on. One was pretty early on before I think I understood exactly what the game was asking of me. And then later on, I literally just had a, um, a problem implementing my, the solution. Like, cause, cause there is like Brad, like you mentioned, sometimes there is some placement and depth issue where it's just like, I, this is fiddly. I got to get this thing in the right Z Z plane here in the depth. Yeah. Uh, and it wasn't working out well. Yeah. And then I was like, what is the solution to this? And it was like, Oh, it's what I'm doing. I'm just not hitting it. There, there, there's some perspective stuff that gets a little confusing. There's also some rules about how the photography works that aren't super clear until you really like, I don't know if you remember the, every, every hub has one optional challenge. Yeah. The second one was the uh. one. It took me a while. It took me like 10 minutes to figure out that apparently the rules of taking pictures are that you're also taking pictures of whatever's on the other side of. Oh yes. Of, okay. This of, is the one where you solid, get multi, multiple rooms objects. you're spinning around. Is this the um, one where you're rotating the rooms and there are like three pictures of similar, like you get recursive no, rooms? No, oh, this okay. one, this one is, this one is simpler than that. But the thing is like, that's the point where I realized like, oh, if you take a picture of a solid wall. Yeah. You get also, behind it. You're also actually taking a picture of all the yeah. stuff behind it, even though that doesn't make sense in terms of like yes. line of sight. So there's, there's some weird abstract stuff like that to get your head around, but it's, but it's, it's neat. Yeah, dude, it's, it's really fascinating i this is the most effusive i've heard you guys talk about a game like this in a long time i i might i might just go finish it after this like like i, I said it's, I it's like to, i need to see the rest of it it's like it's like four or five hours long some worlds you just you do one thing in it and you're done with a um a level in the world some stagger them so you, you do multiple iterations of it it's i i think it's a satisfying ending to the game as well that's good um I, yeah good. i think i think it's it's not narratively doing anything groundbreaking it's but it's also not cloying and that's what i was a little afraid of like okay is this going to be too saccharine or, or is it going to go it's like it's a nice mature story that i think adds to the atmosphere of this puzzle it, it doesn't necessarily feel like they slapped on a story to keep going but it's not it's not like uh, one drives the other they really work well together yeah yeah, I'm, I'm I'm curious to see where it goes uh, story wise, but mainly I just need to see what else it's got up its sleeve. I think you'll um, I, like my favorite part, and if they if they put out packs for this, I would be totally in. Is is the last um, level five, uh, and I'll be curious what you think of that because it's a, it's set up a bit differently, but it's also I think a lot of fun. Um, interesting. So it's kind of kind of reminds me of like the last level on the the most the, the Hitman three, where you're like, oh, this is just different. Huh. But with, okay, but like, Shit. you know, it's different. Now I have to finish it <laughs> ASAP. Yeah, I mean, it's it's I'm a not, little a little bit of like that kind of. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm I'm a ways into the third hub out of five already. Okay, um, like you're you're making me realize as we talk about this that like I think part of the reason I'm so into this game is because of its brevity. Like, yeah, it would it be moves. very easy to, like I said, five hubs. I think it would probably be it probably could have been very easy to make like somewhere between two and four times as many levels per hub. And then it would have gotten tedious. I think like yeah. then if they had taken each one of these mechanics and tried to stretch it out over, say two, three times as many puzzle rooms, you probably would be going like, okay, this is cool. I'm ready for the next <laughs> thing. But like, it is really tight. It's extremely efficient at just getting you through stuff and, and like hitting you with some like pretty solid brain teasers, but not, you know, uh, not not having any one of these things overstay their welcome, and, and again, like I'll say the the 
the most of it builds on the on the level you did before, right? You take you take that knowledge in, and now are and now they put a twist on it uh, for the next level, which is a lot of fun too, because you're like, oh, okay, I saw, I got you level two, and then you get to level three, and you're like, oh crap, like now you're doing this, uh, and and that's a lot of fun, and uh, I think level four and then level five or world five get even more interesting. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah it's, it's cool. It's, it's, it's rad. It's, it's mostly a lot of spatial reasoning. Yeah. Um, with a little bit of logic-y kind of stuff, just barely. Um, well, well, we should show some of it on, uh, on the Friday grab bag because it, it, it's one of those things where even if you start from the beginning, it's hard to describe, but once you see it happen in the world, it doesn't, it's not one of those things where your stomach moves a bit, but it definitely has one of those, whoa, that's weird, uh, uh, when you put the when you put a picture down and then you just shift the camera a bit and you're like that's yeah. just weird, it's the yeah, world like doesn't you, work like that. <laughs> you very quickly start hitting moments of like oh wait they want me to do that like mm. like you start out very much like they they give you a level uh, like a a I think I think level is how they describe it essentially like when you're about to put a photo down you can hit a key to level it with yeah. the world. Uh, so they think it's they like say realign or align. Realign or whatever yeah. it is. It's basically so it's like okay make the floor of this thing level with the floor of the actual level yeah. I'm in. But you very quickly start hitting points where it's like oh I'm not just going to be putting all these photos down <laughs> flat mm. with the world uh, and making a bridge. It gets way more complicated than that. So the fun thing that I'll say I started getting into I, I immediately restarted the game to show my wife. And I realized, um, you know, the gravity of your world affects the gravity of the, of the photo you're putting down. So if you just look straight up and put a photo up, everything will just drop out of that thing onto you. Uh, yeah. so like where, as in the beginning I was like, Oh, I'll put this down. I'll walk in, I'll grab the thing and I'll come out on uh, my second plate. They were just looking straight up, having the stuff just fall out onto me, yeah. which was a lot of fun. Yeah. Gravity yeah. is, is a thing for sure. The, the only other thing I was going to mention is like the visual design is also incredible. Yeah. Like it's got, it, it looks, it looks pretty the witness like, like it's mm-hmm. definitely got a bit initially of that, for sure. That same like flat, um, pastel sort of look, which is very striking, but there's one moment in particular, you know exactly what I'm talking about where they really start playing with art style Yes, in a very rapid fire way that like that was one of the moments for this where I was like, Oh man, they've really had some ideas and <laughs> they really the, went for it. The drawbridge part, right? Where you have yes. to pull the ring for the drawbridge. Yes. Yeah. Yes. The, the whole, the whole like, Oh, like all, all of these pictures I'm putting down to interact with are not just going to look like the base right. art style of the game. Yeah. It's cool. Uh, there's some amazingly cool stuff in there. Can't recommend it enough. Viewfinder. Yeah. It's uh, it's on PS4 and PS5 and PC. Uh, it is $25. Don't know if this is planned to come to Xbox uh, platforms at some point, but uh, currently PC and PlayStation consoles. Highly recommended. Uh, this is, I, I forget who made it. Uh, uh, Sad, Sad Owl, Owl Studios. Put out by Thunderful. Thunder, Thunderful put it out. Uh, Thunderful putting out good games. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, um, they were Thunderful combined with somebody fairly recently. Uh, they right? they 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 merged with Image and Form, the Steam okay. World. Yes, folks. that's the one. Yes. Uh, all right, we're gonna take a quick break here. We're gonna come back and we're gonna talk about more games, including Oxenfree Two, a game that I think I need to go play. Oxenfree. We'll come back. We'll talk about that uh, in just a minute. This week's show is brought to you by Rocket Money. Brad Shoemaker, Alex Navarro. I bet you guys have subscriptions. 
I had a lot of subscriptions. I had too many subscriptions, and at a certain point, I had to drill down. I had to, I had to focus. I had to make sure that I did not have so many subscriptions anymore. You had to take time out of your day. My busy schedule. Your time, which is worth more than anything to find those subscriptions and cancel. Brad Shoemaker, do you live a subscription lifestyle? I am just a walking monthly bill at this point. <laughs> it's the world we live in. If you need help, boy, guys, I got some uh, I got some news for you. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps you lower your bills all in one place. It says here that most people think they're spending $80 on their subscriptions, but in reality, the number is closer to 200 My God. What are we even doing? With Rocket Money, you can easily cancel the ones you don't want with just the press of a button. Rocket Money also lets you monitor all your expenses in one place, recommends custom budgets based on your past spending, and they'll even send you notifications when you've reached your spending limits. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions and manage your money the easy way by going to rocketmoney.com slash nextlander. That's rocketmoney.com slash nextlander. Rocketmoney.com slash nextlander. Thanks, Rocket Money. All right, we are back. And another game that um, I booted up to be like, oh, let me check this out. Uh, I'll put some time into this before we get to the podcast. But then wind up being like, I don't want to stop playing this. Was Oxen Free 2. Uh, the second. Oxen Free the second. Uh, this is uh, Lost Signals, I should say. Uh, this is currently out on the Switch, PS, uh, PlayStation platforms, and on Android and iOS under the Netflix uh, label there. Uh, but you can get it over without any kind of Netflix subscriptions, at least on the consoles and uh, on PC. Oh, Xbox? I don't it is think this not, has a, on it's Xbox. It's not yet. on Xbox, but it is Weird. on it is on at least the PlayStations and the PCs. Weird. Yeah. It's 20 bucks. I, I didn't look to see on mobile if you just get it if you log in with your Netflix stuff as part of that but that thing. I did not try that out. I liked what I played so far. I'm not. I'm not especially far into it. Uh, Alex, have you touched this? Yeah, I played some of it today and uh, and last night. And uh, so I did. You did either of you play Oxenfree One? I I played some of the first one. Okay. Would, I feel like did it have like a like a face button mapping for the dialogue choices? Yes, I, I remember some. Yeah, okay, yes, I remember there being a little UI thing that I was like, oh, that's kind of nifty. But did, I, I didn't really stick with it. Did it first one have voice acting? Yes, it did. Oh, it did. Okay. Yeah. So I play, I played enough of it, like to remember climbing up the side of something and, uh, uh and a bit of like, um, it was pre stranger things, right? Mm hmm. Okay. But I like mean, that- it was, may have been right around the time stranger things was happening, but I, I feel like it's like close to it as opposed to one came and then the other definitively. Okay. Uh, but yeah, uh, I not super familiar with it. I play enough. Almost, I, almost exactly the same time. Okay. As Stranger Things, Oxen okay. Free in January, Stranger Things in July. Uh, it had a vibe. Like I'm a, in my mind, I'm putting those two together. I don't know if that's fair or not. But I mean, Alex, it's, you, it's spooky you stuff happening Free. to teenagers in that first game. So yes, <laughs> that that makes some sense. Uh, you really enjoyed Oxen Free, right? I did. Yeah, and yeah. the main thing that I remember really liking about it was that the di- the the dialogue and the voice direction had a real fluid 
method to it where mm. it felt like, you know, yes, there were dialogue choices, but the main thing I took away from it was like, these are like natural sounding characters. These are people that sound like they are actually talking to one another. Are they a little bit cartoony in here in places? Yes. But like the way that the dialogue flowed, I thought was really good. Um, and it was also a pretty good spooky ghost story on top of that. The, it, it's, it, it is an adventure game, but the adventure game mechanics are fairly light. It's more about just kind of, you know, shuttling you through a story. It's funny you mentioned the flow of dialogue because it was one of my notes from Auction Free 2 and the amount that I played of it is the interaction dialogues between characters feel awesome. Like yeah. they're they they really Brad, you know in like modern games and let's say modern since the first time I remember this is maybe GTA 4 where you interrupt a conversation and then somebody would come back and be like anyway, what was I talking about? Uh, like, uh, like if you were in a car, let's say in a GTA and you get into an accident and be like, where was I? Right. I was talking about, so Oxenfree does it, but it does it so seamlessly. It doesn't feel stitched together. Like those things did where I'll be talking to a character and they'll be telling me, let's just say, for example, about a submarine that, that, uh, uh, got sunk. Right. And then I'll go look at a billboard and my character will start talking underneath the other character kind of naturally like you would just be like, they'll keep talking for a sentence and then I'll start talking and then they'll stop. We'll have this other dialogue, but then they'll come back and be like, what was I talking about with the submarine? Right. Yes. And like, you know, it seems like they recorded dialogue that matches the thing that they were, were talking about before instead of just generic, um, you know, hey, where was I? What was I talking about? It 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 feels very natural, and I and I think that's adding a lot and making me want to explore that world more, um, and not interrupt or, or interrupt people because it doesn't matter. It's actually kind of cool. Yeah, uh, it's it's well designed, and I feel like the you know, I mean, I'm not, I'm not all the way deep into the story here. I've mostly just kind of gone through the. I will say one thing about this sequel, the tutorial is very quick. I really appreciated that. Like they get you into what is going on in this game very quickly. It's like 20 minutes at most. Um, But it also doesn't feel like it's rushing you though. I am. I have to imagine that if you had, it has been some years since oxen free one came around. Uh, I have to imagine that a lot of people are probably going to need a refresher on that story because it has been quite a while since that game came out. Uh, so, you know, like, I, I, this does seem to be picking up where the story of the first one left off, but I don't know how many people fully remember what happened in that game, because I know I don't remember everything that happened in that game. That was years ago. It's, is that character, is it Riley? Is that character Riley ringing any bells? As in the, the character that you play? Yeah, the, the, the main character you start with. So she is not as far as I recollect in that game, but I, so the first game was a bunch of teenagers on the Island, uh, who got up to some supernatural nonsense and, uh, you know, opened some portals, which they, they don't, they don't take very long getting into that aspect of the game in the sequel. Um, but no, like Riley wasn't the main character as far as I know, uh, or, or wasn't in, in the main story as far as I know, but I, because they allude to some teenagers being there and some stuff happening, uh, with with kids in this, I have to imagine that somewhere along the way, those those previous protagonists are finding their way back into this game. Do you remember how long? If if I know it's been a long time, but do you remember it being a very long game, or is it something? Maybe I can chew through the original one. It 
in my memory, it's like an eight to ten hour thing, but okay. I don't. I really, truly do not remember. Because it it was like I think it's on sale as of the time of this recording, and it might not be anymore because it was pretty limited. I think maybe for, until the July twentieth, but it was like on sale on PS five at least for like two bucks. Uh, yeah, the original. I think I owned it on PC, but I was like, ah, two bucks. I might as well have them on the same platform here. Uh, I am playing on the PlayStation five uh, version of it. Yeah, I'm it, playing on the PC. It seems cool. Like uh, I, I'm way into what they're trying to tell me with the story. And again, I think a lot of it has to do with i mean there's a lot of radio stuff in it and that's cool i, I like was i was signals. gonna say i felt like that is maybe a particular <laughs> point of hey check this is a Vinny thing that he would dig <laughs> the first one had a lot of radio stuff too yeah the whole thing with uh the spirit world and and kind of what you're doing in that game had a lot to do with tuning into uh, weird radio signals and you solving puzzles that were kind of based on those radio signals so yeah okay. there was there was that stuff in the first game too I have a feeling they're starting to flesh that out a little bit more here, but but yeah, that's 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 kind of like I, I have not got far enough into the story yet at this point to know exactly where they're going with it. Spooky stuff, though. Very spooky. And like, that's the thing is that first game was very much a vibes game. Uh, and this one, the vibes are kind of right off the bat. Very, very good. Uh, that is Oxen Free 2 Lost Signals. Oh, I feel like I need to go play Oxen Free. Or at least maybe I just got to read like a Wikipedia page. It's 20 bucks if you're buying it. Again, I'm not really sure about the whole, the whole Netflix thing. If you're playing it. Uh, on- I, I too am unsure about that whole Netflix thing. <laughs> we all are really. <laughs> In a larger context. Another game that we all played. Brad, it sounds like you played some more of it. Mm. So, for, some, for some definition of some. Of, <laughs> yes, I played some more Exoprimal. Exoprimal, that uh, game where, for some reason, people in suits, uh, mech suits, are battling dinosaurs forever in a forever war on some island, training for something. It's a lot of dinosaurs. I mean, the reason, I, is there some killer AI? that is uh manipulating events across realities That's and the, time the vibe i got where you're and like multi-dimensional there are multiple versions of characters multiverses still very hot uh-huh. not. um the, some kind I of guess, war games are happening yeah I, I don't know what its ultimate goal is i don't know if it's just like programming gone awry or if it became aware and it's trying to do something but whatever its ultimate goal is it needs a lot of combat data and by combat i mean a lot of shooting dinosaurs data yes and like, and sometimes other players data uh yeah and then occasionally when the players get in the way of <laughs> shooting the dinosaurs and moving a giant cube around you shoot them too <laughs> when the other, I, other team's cube meets your cube I, Man, I, I, the game takes itself as seriously as it should, which is to say not very, uh-huh. <laughs> like the tone of it is completely ridiculous, uh, which I enjoy. I was not prepared for how overwatchy it was going to be. Yes. I don't think I thought there was going to be a PVPVE at all. I thought it was just going to be PVE. Yeah. Um, and, and, and specifically escorting a payload, which both teams do. Um, it feels like it should have. Do you have the prices in front of you? I know there's a sixty dollar version, but and, and it's on Game Pass. Yeah, it's sixty. So there's bucks. like a free version of it on Game Pass. You can pay sixty bucks. The thing I was going to ask is there is there also a cheaper skew, like a let's say thirty or forty, without as much stuff. When I price checked it uh, I, on PSN, I only saw the sixty dollar on Steam and yeah, PSN. That's unfortunate. That's unfortunate. <laughs> I mean, there is a more expensive version. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, don't buy I, that. What I what I was hoping was like maybe there was a cheaper version with fewer of the characters available from the get go or something like that because that's about what this feels like it should have. So I think when we bopped in on the base sixty dollar and the Game Pass version, there are two locked characters. So there's what four classes? Uh, three. Was it yeah, three locked? Th- I, be- I believe it was three locked. I, it might be one per class. I'm not sure. Uh, and then uh, we had the like better edition which automatically unlock them via you know like a, a download you do uh but on game pass i think you earn those unlocks through whatever battle points and you know it's yeah. it's one of those games yeah uh, i mean if you have game pass that's the way to check this out because i think it's it's not bad it's just very thin from the jump like there's just yeah there's stuff in it but not enough of it is available right from the get-go to the point that i'm like Okay, so it, it's a team-based game. Yep. The match flow is run to about six or eight different points on this linear level as the AI tells you to go kill more dinosaurs. Yep. Kill kill the dinosaurs as fast as you can. Mm-hmm. Get to the end point before the other team, which mm-hmm. is where you start escorting a giant cube mm-hmm. to its final resting place, and then you have to defend it there for a counter up to 100 uh, adjacent to the other team doing the same thing they, you, they, yeah. which is I guess the more interesting or different dynamic that I, at least somebody who's not that familiar with these games but knows enough usually you're at one team is doing an escort and the other team is defending this is both teams doing their escort at the same time to the same point yeah, um, and you and can the, you can opt out of that PvP part where it would just be based on you killing dinosaurs fast enough to win <laughs> yeah. but I feel like that would be even more boring uh, um I didn't realize that we didn't, I don't think we ran into this on the stream, but now people are getting better at it. Uh, once both teams are in that final escort the cube phase, you can go find the other team at any point. Yeah, we, that happened a little bit in ours. Okay. The dino- that, yeah, that's right. I guess as we got into closer, a dinosaur. Then, yes. But like I, I had uh, some asshole, like basically the second our team in one match got to the cube phase and started escorting it like and they were a damage class so they were and they were good so they were causing us some severe problems like they came and found us basically as soon as we spawned into that final escort phase and killed our cube and started killing us and it was bad like that team won the match before we even got our cube oh boy near the final the final point so yeah there's uh i I think the other thing i didn't realize was just how kind of um you know, uh, assault defense, uh, support class. This game was in terms of, uh, Hey, pick your class types and play your role. And you know, uh, your team of five, four, it's five, it's five. five, five players per team. What is it? Four, three and three. I think it's like four DPS characters and three tanks and three supports, I believe. Yeah. And I was, I, I didn't, I didn't realize that also each, also each character has their own, uh, upgrade tree and you know like everything else i guess yeah. i should say their own cosmetic uh, oh, loot boxes and the whole thing it, it's a full-on one of those yeah. it seems destined to become free to play it kind of sort of is on game pass yeah already not really but kind of um yeah class-based team shooter shooter pvpve it's it's not it's not bad. It's not bad. No, it's, it's profoundly it's, stupid like, though. Like a, yeah, yeah, you know, like tonally, it's kind of amazing. Like 
you get a you get like a TV news report at the beginning where they straight up have a weather forecast looking <laughs> graphic, except it's predicting how many dinosaurs are going to be raining on Tuesday. <laughs> like it's fucking dumb in a it, very gleeful way that I I enjoy. Like the multiverse stuff is meh. yeah. Like there's this you you get some um you get some story beats and narratives between story quote unquote campaign missions right like every yes but which are essentially just matches and then you play enough matches you get a story beat yes yeah i feel like it's somewhat telling that even the story stuff even the subsequent story stuff is still delivered through the interface of like here's your loot box tab here's your (laughs) hangar tab where you equip your suits yeah here's your story tab where you go view new cutscenes that are unlocked yeah Um, which you know it's, it's it, at least there's some efficient. story in there. They are cutscenes. I'll give yeah. them that. <laughs> yeah, it is, it is an efficient way to put story into one of these games because it is extremely one of these games. Uh, you got a very light character creator because you are a human inside of a suit at some point. It's a pretty light character it's, creator. It's which, a bad character. I'm going to say it's a bad. <laughs> it's we are, very. We are in a we are in a golden age of character <laughs> creators, and this one is lackluster. Yeah, Capcom themselves this year put out a great <laughs> character creator in another game. Yeah, yeah it's it's not um, great and. Uh, granted, you really don't see much of your character uh, in cutscenes. You do, but um, yeah. outside of that, yeah. But I, yeah, it's it's not bad. It's fun-ish. It's I I can see like you know I can see strategy and team synergy and stuff developing a little bit. I think there's some depth to it. Like the biggest problem is, and apparently there are more modes that people saw in the open beta, and I assume people are leveling up now enough to see them in the final. But like I said, it's like multiple phases of PVE before you get to that last part where you're fighting the other team. And when you start the game, there's only one thing you do at each of those phases. Yeah. Every single one is just kill a bunch of dinosaurs. And yeah. apparently there are others, but you don't get any of them until you level up. And I don't know that I want to put in the time to level up enough to start getting more game types when there should have been like one or two more at the beginning for some more variety. Sometimes their dinosaurs are flying. Sometimes they're on the ground. Yeah, those are all dinosaur culls, though. Yes, dinosaur the, the cull. Di- the dinosaur cull is the only activity available at the beginning. You have to unlock more. I'm with you. Um, it it felt, even by the third time we did it, I was like, okay, this feels... Also, the map looks exactly the same. I don't know if it is the same map. It feels the same. There also is a limited number. Of, I've only seen two or three maps, I think. Okay. Um, same thing with the like each each suit has slots you can uh, you can equip modules on it for I think mostly passives they might all be passives some mm-hmm. of them are suit specific but then it, they all have also like a shoulder mount slot where you start everybody starts with the same cannon yeah as another example uh, so you have no selectability there in a slot I didn't even know that slot was like modular until somebody in chat was like hey you can unlock eventually you'll unlock other things to put in that slot because I was like seems weird that all uh, what is it? Ten classes, ten suits have the exact same ability. Out of it's the gate, like, oh, yeah. oh, that's because you're going to equip other stuff in there, but you don't have any choices for any of that stuff. And then you, you just you you just have to grind your way to more variety in the game, and they should have like sprinkled a little bit more of that in at the beginning. And you confirmed this on on stream to some extent, but I did want to follow up. Um, you you earn enough points to unlock an item for one of those modular slots, which then looked like it what that item was unlocked for all the suits. But yes. do you know if if you equip it on a suit, can another suit use it? Or yeah, is you it, can you can use it as much as you uh, want. Okay, that's nice. Okay, they're not locking it. You don't have one of them. <laughs> I I'm on the Steam page and I'd okay. Come back. Subtitle. There's an the, like the auto trailer thing playing on Steam season one. Blah blah blah. Okay, well there you go. We 
We'll be introducing the new Savage Gauntlet mode just two weeks after release on July 28th. Okay. Look, like, look, they're look they're basically it. holding stuff back for their first season, so, like, I guess there will be more stuff to do in there soon, but that's two whole weeks for people to play this, especially if it's on Game Pass and they're not paying for it extra. I assume this go, is... I don't know. Maybe I've played enough. I assume this is cross-play, right? Like, yes. a cross So, I think that's... Game Pass conversation aside, it's probably like a pretty smart idea if you have one of these to get Game Pass as something in the mix <laughs> so that oh, you it's have required. that. Yeah, you get that free user base matchmaking with PS5 and, and PC people. Especially because, like, we were on PS5 because or I didn't know until after we had started playing it that it was on Game Pass. And then I was like, oh boy, it's a good thing they have cross platform matchmaking in this right. then because fucking everybody is going to be playing this on Game Pass. Yeah, yeah. So I think- PS5 is going to be like a wasteland. Right. without cross-platform ah, maybe like you, you never know with the game but maybe something like exoprimal that's a i feel f- like we have seen bet. enough of these at this point that actually we can kind of tell when one is going to catch on without the aid of game pass or mm. not and i'm gonna say right now i don't know that i have the faith in this one and catching on <laughs> oh, oh, oh yeah i wasn't commenting on whether yeah. this is going to be popular or not I, I just meant there are not going to be a lot of ps5 only players like that's probably going to be the least populated platform for this because yeah. so many people have the Game Pass on future, PC yeah. or Xbox, and this again very much feels like a game that you should just play on Game Pass for now. Exo Primal, it is uh, sixty bucks, and like oh, we I said, forgot that I forgot that Ryu stuff is coming. Oh yeah, and there your Exo Primal Cross Street Fighter whatever stuff is happening that is on uh, Game Pass as well, like we mentioned out now. On pretty much everything. Why? Last thing. Why does the AI monologue at you for like the better part of a minute every time you start a match? I don't. Loaded matchmaking behind the scenes. Maybe, I don't know. I don't know. Everybody's on a modern platform here. If that feels excessive, I don't know. Let me go into my inventory at least, or something. Check, check my skills. Do something. It seriously like feels like thirty, forty-five seconds of the AI just talking the same dialogue you've heard every match and then it boots you just into time. like a matchmaking lobby anyway yeah that like, that feels very well it feels very destiny to me because that's where i've seen it but i assume a lot of games do that thing where it's like both teams are on platforms facing each other yeah but like so it's you not, can like strut and emote at each other for a few seconds before you start but like leave me there instead of having the ai mon- like do your yeah, background yes, loading there just, or whatever just, you're doing there yes put me in that thing immediately so i can go through all my emotes yeah yes that's right show, us, show off these cosmetics that i paid so much money for uh alex navarro there's new mario kart dlc anything to talk about there i mean i'll just say right now the main draw here is they added more characters they added wiggler they added uh <laughs> uh kamek and they added uh, uh pd piranha uh, there there are new courses as well. It's the least good batch of courses they've put out so far. Wait, did they say there were going to be new characters in these packs? They So when they got past the first three, they said, also, we're going to start adding characters now. Oh, wild. Uh, so right. they did that last time and this time. We had Birdo That's last time, right? Yes, Birdo oh, was right. added last time. So they are, they are adding six total. They have added four so far. Uh, I don't know. They haven't said who the last two are yet. What? Boy, this is revealing my ignorance of current modern Mario Kart, but like, what are the different differentiators besides looks on the characters, like speed, traction, just the basic stuff? Yeah, or yeah like else? weight and, you know, like acceleration, speed, all that fun stuff. There, there's no like character specific abilities or anything? Not really. I mean, I will say I've moved over to Wiggler mostly because he makes the steaming mad Wiggler face whenever he gets hit with something. And I'm like, that's okay. great. I'm just going to do that. 
Um, but Bert, Berto can't shoot eggs or anything like that, right? As far as I know, egg shooting is not allowed as of yet. Um, okay. But yeah, the new the new batch of courses, there's a couple of good ones in there. The one new one they put in there is pretty good, but uh, otherwise it's it kind of feels like we're getting down to the bottom of the barrel here in terms of like what they can include. 48 courses is a lot. Is this I the knew final there were gonna one? Be some, there were going to be some bammer ones here and there. <laughs> is this the last uh No, there's one more. There, there is, is one okay. more coming. Hey, you know what? If if you had Mario Kart and you were still playing it, this seemed like it was a good value. Actually. Oh yeah, this, I, yeah. This no, seems no, no, like no. I mean, don't don't get me wrong. This is a great thing they did. Considering this is technically a Wii U game, the fact that they're still putting out content for it is completely bananas. But also, I think it's like the highest selling Switch game oh, by a lot. And I think right? it is still one of the most played. You know, like mm-hmm. you you can find people online playing that game anytime, ever, ever, ever. The game the game came out. Over nine years ago. Yeah. And here we what? are, still yeah. playing it. Mario Kart, am, anyway. the, 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 <laughs> I'm playing it. Wiggler and I are playing kind yeah. of, it's, fuck, it's kind of amazing they made it an entire generation without making a new Mario Kart because they were able to just ride this one for a second console. You know, I, you jam enough content into that thing, yeah. into a game people are already playing, it's like you just sold a new game. It It is, sometimes feels like Nintendo is just wrapping it up you know with some of the some what some of the what they're doing like with smash brothers ultimate and mario kart stuff you know let's just put everything in it we're never making another one of these because how do you do this again and start over without starting from scratch or something and because they'll all just feel lesser you know like yeah they're, smash brothers and this mario kart feel like they have everything in it so many characters so many courses we'll see we'll see nintendo we'll feels see. like we're getting close <laughs> to uh, Hardware news. Whatever Nintendo has to do. I feel like we've been saying that since 1973. Well, if you take what analysts had said previously at face value, like they had put end of next year as kind of like that's probably the latest it's going to come out. So we'll see. We might get a reveal before the end of this year. I say no. I'm making my Wiggler angry face. Maybe. Maybe. There was a laughably bad fake of a switch Two going around on Twitter yesterday, like full, full mock, not, not even mock up. Like it was, it was purporting to be, this is a photo of the console and a photo of the box art. Again, it was like embarrassingly bad, but the fact that people are going to those links at this point, <laughs> it's just like, man, people are, people are hungry. Yes. For a new piece of Nintendo hardware. Uh, yeah, I was going to just, I'll mention the segue here briefly, been playing more Tears of the Kingdom, and I did hit places where I was like, oh, there it is, there's there's the frame drop, and like this is, uh, mm-hmm. you know, there, there's the performance stuff. Uh, again, not huge in that game, but it happens, and you'd like to see. I think I'd I heard the Water Temple was one of the places that's, where it gets pretty rough. That's, that's where I ran the into it the most. <laughs> that's where mm-hmm. I ran into it the most. It was the Water Temple. A lot well, of no, here's the unfortunate. Happening. Here's the unfortunate thing is that I've also heard this is probably the least bad, most enjoyable Water Temple they've ever made, <laughs> apart from the frame rate issues. Uh, yeah. Uh, still just chewing through that, getting my get my shrines on, get, get my shrines. Uh, I think that's going to do it for games, unless you guys have anything else you want to touch on. I know that Diablo season is right around the corner. I might pop in once that drops to see what is going on there. A couple of other games are coming out pretty soon. We got Pikmin 4 on Friday. Uh, a couple of other things I want to touch, and we'll talk about those probably next week, though. I think I'm going to try and 
see what is going on. If you hear me talking about oxen free next week, it's because I want to go back and finish the first one. Uh, I, I might go try that out. Yeah, give it a shot. You can uh, beat that thing in a weekend. Yeah, yeah. I, I might I might see if I can make it through it because I, enough oxen free two has gotten me where I think I just want the the full the full thing. All right, we're gonna take a quick break here. There is some news going on here. The news will shock you. We'll come back. We'll talk about it in just a second. See ya. This week's show is brought to you by Factor. Brad Shoemaker, Alex Navarro. Do you guys know what Factor is? <laughs> I do. I thought you were about to ask if I knew what food is. Do you also know what food is? I've heard of it. It sounds and cool. Do you know what food can be? Factor's here. Factor is here to tell you what food is and can be. America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit can help you fuel up fast with chef-prepared, dietitian approved ready-to-eat meals delivered straight to your door. We've gotten some Factor before. I've actually mm -hmm. found it to be quite tasty and delicious and convenient. Um, mm -hmm. You can put it in the toaster oven, put it in the microwave. I did the toaster oven. It was ready. I think in the toaster oven was ready between like 10, 15 minutes. Pretty quick. You can choose from over 34 weekly flavor-packed, fresh, never-frozen meals, ready to eat in two minutes. You can level up with Gourmet Plus options prepared to perfection by chefs and ready to eat in record time. Ooh, you can treat yourself to upscale meals with premium ingredients like broccolini, leeks, truffle butter, and asparagus. Not that regular butter, truffle butter. Round out your meals and replenish your snack supply with an assortment of over 45 add-ons, including breakfast items like apple cinnamon pancakes, bacon and cheddar egg bites, ooh, potato, bacon, and egg breakfast skillet. Oh man, oh, Factor, man. what are you, what are you doing to me, Factor? With Factor, you can rest assured you're making a sustainable choice. They offset 100% of their delivery emissions, source 100% renewable electricity for their production sites and offices, and feature sustainably sourced seafood in their meals. Head to factormeals.com slash nextlander50 and use code nextlander50 to get 50% off. That's code nextlander50 at factormeals.com slash nextlander50 to get 50% off potato, bacon, and egg breakfast skillet. Thanks, Factor. All right, we are back, and the news is a-brewing. Now, Brad Shoemaker, you've pulled a bunch of news stories here. Uh, Microsoft and Xbox, big chunk of this news. Yes, wel welcome to the Xbox News Hour. <laughs> uh, or first story, pigs are flying. Oh, okay, okay. Casting Blizzard is putting a game on Steam. Well, not that's not quite Microsoft news yet, but maybe soon to be. Uh, let's, Jason. Come on, let's be yeah. let's be real. Uh, let's be real. Let's be real. Let's be let's let's be real. Let's be real. The UK doesn't have that much influence anymore. <laughs> I frankly wonder if the timing of this is not coincidental. Mm. If if they are basically at the point where like, yeah, we know this is happening. Nothing is stopping this at this point. Mm. Maybe you should just go ahead and start making the moves we would like you to make. Because yes. this sure as hell didn't seem like it was ever going to happen under Bobby Kotick and uh, the old regime. Uh, 
here we are coming August 10th, I think it is. August 10th, yes, you will be able to get Overwatch 2. Yeah, it's just Overwatch 2 to start. They are pretty coy about other games coming. Mm. What is it that they say when the time is right is what they say. As far as what's next for Blizzard on Steam, we'll be sharing more about potential other games coming to the platform when the time is right. They'll be ready when they're ready. So it's uh, obviously Overwatch 2 is a game they would like to monetize on an ongoing basis, and Steam is a good place to do that. Diablo 4 seems like another one of those games, so who knows if that'll end up there. I don't know if I also wonder if there's going to be some kind of arbitrary exclusivity window of, you know... Like, hey, we're gonna it's gonna be oh. Battle.net exclusive for the first year, so we can get all of the money yeah. for selling it, and then after a year, you can have it on Steam, and look, we'll take the thirty percent cut. Look, or man, whatever it is now, they know. Look, these both of these or not both of these games, Overwatch Two. Uh, we should say you need a Battle.net account. Obviously, yes. you launch the yeah, game, you will log in through Battle.net. You will your stuff will be all there and the whole yeah. back end is battle net though. It did say yeah. steam, steam friends would, would cross platform matchmaking. Yeah. They did say steam achievements, steam yeah. friends. So that I was surprised at that. I thought it would just be battle net friends. Uh, though, you know, battle net mixes with, um, you know, console specific friends as well and, and stuff. So, you know, it, it is in there in that ecosystem. But what I was going to say is with the battle net account, all those purchases are through going to be, I assume, through Battle.net and not through Steam. All of the cosmetics, all the money, buy your buy your coins for Diablo are probably not going to show up. I would guess on the Steam store page, probably not. I would probably guess they're going to be in the Battle.net side of things in game. You know, I, I don't think Valve has any regulations or restrictions around how that has to work. Um, yeah, like like Apex Legends, I believe, stopped offering their season seasonal content, new characters, stuff like that through steam. They did. Like, okay. Like in the last year, maybe. So they, like they do used it all to, through EA's. Yeah. Services. Like they, they used to be, it used to be like every, uh, every season you could just get the steam DLC version of like, here's ah. the season eight pack with the new character and all that stuff. And yeah. they no longer do that. So I guess that's some evidence that you can just do it all through <laughs> your own store if you want. So that's uh, look, if that's what they're going with from what I've seen of Diablo, and what little I've seen of Overwatch 2, they're trying to get you for the long tail on these things, season passes, cosmetics, buy your Diablo coins and buy your horse armor and whatever else there is. So I'm surprised it took this long, though it does seem like with Diablo 4's very online uh, community, you know, this is where... Oh, well, I mean, I I would say without the Microsoft purchase, this was never going to happen. Never? Just, no, absolutely uh, not. Just kind of... Like, um, they, they they are, like... Too entrenched in their practically ways? Practically the one developer who could get away with it. Like, you know, kind of... Well, I mean, people got mad about Call of Duty going to Battle.net, but that notwithstanding, you know, it's like, look at every, like everybody else, like Ubisoft, EA, whoever, people yeah. like Bethesda. People are like, down. fuck you, I don't want to install your launcher, just sell on Steam. But, like, Battle.net, people are just like, okay, fine, yes, sure. Your Blizzard Battle.net is older than Steam, right? Sure. Well, I'll just buy your game straight from you. It's you have like, one game every three years. They, yes, they. Well, but but more to the point, they just. I mean, obviously, Blizzard's fortunes have fallen in all kinds of ways in the last few years. But you know, for for the longest time, they were like kind of the one developer that could get away with this and and not have people get mad about it. Uh, uh but yeah. yeah, this serves the goals of Microsoft. Hell yeah. To be like, hey, look, we're bringing more games to more people. Look. That's right. Here's another example. Here are more places I mean, you can give us money. 
I, I don't, I don't, I have zero knowledge of any, I could be t- talking out of my ass here about like Microsoft's influence on this decision, but it sure seems coincidental. Look, they want, I think, quote, they say, we want to give everyone a chance to experience our universes with old friends while making new ones. Like the fucking, the language in there even reads like (laughs) Phil Spencer trying to convince the FTC. Like, seriously. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Um, So, yeah, that's, um, sorry, that's Overwatch 2 now. Probably, I'm gonna say Diablo in the future. That's that seems to make sense. Probably, to me. but again, I, that that that's that'll be a good test case. If I wonder if it's gonna be like say next June before mm. Diablo comes to Steam or something. Yeah, for uh, example, um, I just get- launched I just launched the Battle.net client to remind myself of what else could come over. Uh, let's just see here. It's their card. Wow game. is the big one. Wow is the big one to me. Like hmm. Wow is the like that's the ultimate. Like, okay, they're all in on this if they start. Is Wow free? No. No, no, I don't mean I don't mean without subscription, but can you can you download it for free? To oh, just, I, I think I haven't checked in a while. I think they're they used to do the like free up to level twenty stuff. Okay. I don't remember what the current state but, of But they don't charge you for the game and then charge you for a subscription, right? Like you could uh, just you just pay the subscription? For the base, I mean, it's, it's complicated because there's so many expansions. Okay, yeah, fair enough. Uh, fair enough. Because they're selling a new expansion every like two years. Um, what about? So I don't know what the. Let's see. What about Vanilla WoW? Uh, it's it's. it's oh man, I'm not going to try to figure out this matrix of subscriptions <laughs> and purchase prices and t- almost twenty, literally almost twenty years worth of expansions. Uh, good. Uh, I just found my Burning Crusade disc the other day. All right. 13, 13 bucks a month for six months of WoW, which gets you WoW, uh, Wrath of the Lich King Classic, WoW Classic. I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't know how many gonna, expansions you're getting there. I'm going to say you probably won't see WoW on Steam for a while if they have to sell their subscriptions through there or make, you know, if, if Blizzard, if they just get the download and propagate downloads there to get people hooked into Battle.net, sure. If there's any transactional stuff happening, they, I but yeah, like dude, putting wow on steam is not going to be the thing that gets someone who's held out from playing. Wow. <laughs> this many years from no. finally taking the plunge. That's not, that's, that's not, not what this is for. That's no, not I mean, yeah. Like, wow. Wow. Is not the juggernaut. It used no. to be, but it's still, it is still the most like online of their games. You know, like you could throw, you could throw the Starcraft two games on there just fine or even mm-hmm. Hearthstone or whatever. Like overwatch is a good example, but well, I, I, mean, know, I, think I, I understand why they're leading with overwatch though, because overwatch is the game they need to juice. Like they need something that yeah. will fucking, you know, get people. I mean, I, they still have a decent sized player base, but it has been from my understanding, dropping off steadily over time. Uh, Diablo 4 is pretty damn online. I tried to play that locally with my kids and the hoops I had to go through because everybody needs a Battle.net account, even if it's a local co-op session. What a pain in the neck. What a pain in the neck. This, the, the age of third-party always online logins and services on top of your console games, at least, and, and PC stuff. What a pain in the ass. Um, I think Exoprimal, also, you need that Capcom Capcom ID or you can't progress far enough. I think Street Fighter 6, I don't think you need it. 
I, I it could be wrong there, but I think you could just do offline, but obviously something like Exoprimal, not too much offline there. Um, so it puts my kids in a bind where it's like, I'm not making you guys whole accounts on Capcom's thing. I'm not making you a freaking Battle.net account right now just so you can play 20 minutes of Diablo uh, co-op with me. How it's old should just, your child be before they get their first Battle.net account? I mean, it's not even the age thing. It's just like, how many accounts do you want to manage? Like, they don't really have their own, um, you know, sometimes I piggyback them on my email addresses. So that means a lot of times to make those accounts, you need an independent email address or you try to do the thing where you do like a Gmail account plus, you know, the extra characters to do it. It's just, I don't know, the whole thing's a kind of a mess. And Blizzard didn't seem to have a pretty good parental account thing where you could do a sub account for a child. I mean, I'll just, I'll is that the official word? That's that's Vinny's official word. All right. You heard it here first. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. This this news is nuts, though. This is definitely not something that I expected ever. Welcome to Steam Tracer. Well, let's get into um, more Xbox news here. Proper, proper Xbox news. Let's. Hey, Brad, we just kind of mentioned the Activision Blizzard merger stuff. What's going on with them? Oh, um, that's a very quick update. Uh, they and the UK have negotiated a new deadline uh, of October 18th. Mm. Oh, no, I'm sorry. I, I take that back. Uh, I've, I've got that out of order. It's Microsoft and Activision that, mm -hmm. have, that have negotiated this new deadline in light of the UK not having approved the deal. Um, and and the, any, any regulatory action in the US is dead at this point. That's fully done. Mm-hmm. But they have not quite figured things out with the UK yet, so they are giving themselves a few more months. Very quick, and so, the upshot yes. being they they might owe more money if things fall through. We I yeah. think we generally all believe this is not going to fall through at this point. There is no way this is not happening in some form, um, and and mostly in the form it was intended at this yeah. point. Uh, but that is mostly worth noting because like. After the FTC, FTC's case failed, a lot of a lot of people were like, "Hey, they might actually make it by the 18th of July, which is yesterday at the time of this recording." The answer is no, they did not. <laughs> like they, yeah, if if the UK had buckled, they actually might have just like gotten it done and said, "Hey, it's happening, we're done, it's sealed." Yes, but that didn't happen yet. But they, but it doesn't mean it fell through. They are, just negotiated more time. They're going to get there. Uh, Brad, there are changes to uh, uh, Xbox Live or. What is Xbox Live? I don't know. What is it? Does it still exist? I don't know. You tell me. I don't know. In the minds of 30-somethings everywhere, it still does. Is like, there an Xbox Live arcade, or is there only a Game no, Pass Core arcade? Definitely not an Xbox Live arcade anymore, unfortunately, but there fucking should be. <laughs> uh, uh, welcome they, to Game Pass Core? Yeah, they, they are... I, I, like, I want to just come in here and say, hey, they're retiring the Xbox Live name, but I'm not sure if that's actually true or not. They are no longer going to sell an Xbox Live subscription. Okay. They're changing, they're changing the final remaining Xbox Live Gold to Xbox Game Pass Core. Same price. Um, so if you're on Xbox, as far as I can understand from going over this, and I, I tried to pour over a little bit of, of it to see if it was confusing or not confusing, it seems like if you're Xbox Live Gold... You get you go into core. You pay the same amount. Instead of getting your two games a month, you will get now a library of twenty five games 
that will be updated semi-regularly. That is the big difference is they're retiring games with gold, which I don't know how many people were using that anyway because the quality of the offerings was variable. Mm. Um, yeah, they're basically getting rid of games with gold and replacing it with a reduced, a much reduced Game Pass library. Over 25 is a weird way to put it. Yeah. Instead of your games with gold, your two free games a month, you get, quote, catalog of over 25 high-quality games on console. Over uh, 25. Over 25. To be, fair, that, to be fair, it's a pretty good list. It's not bad. Dishonored 2, Doom Eternal, Fable Anniversary, Fallout 4, Forza Horizon 4, Gears 5, Grounded, mm-hmm. Halo 5, Halo Wars 2, Hellblade, Ori and the Will of the Wisps, Psychonauts 2, State of Decay 2 is a lot of first-party stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Scrolls Online, Tamriel Unlimited. So I like you got, it's a decent decent library. I wonder I wonder how often they'll r- rotate games in and out of that. They said two to three times a year they'll okay. they'll they'll refresh some of that. We'll see what what happens there. Uh, other thing to note is if you have the if you're a part, currently Xbox Live Gold, you apparently will keep the stuff you have already. Yeah, anything so. you claimed as part of Games with Gold, you will keep yeah. access. To as long as you keep your subscription. So I also, regardless of su- subscription status, any Xbox 360 titles redeemed via Games with Gold in the past will be kept in the player's library. So I guess, I guess 360 games they just don't care about enough at this point to take them away from you. <laughs> They're just like, so. hey, if you got them, good, good, then then good on you. Enjoy your free 360 games, even if you cancel. So um. I, um for folks that don't know, we talk about Game Pass a lot here. Uh, hey, this is coming to Game Pass. This is coming to Game Pass, or this is not coming to Game Pass. So there should be a distinction made because I, I've been Ultimate for a while, so I didn't realize that some of this was um, teased out in other tiers. But there's a console tier, and there was previously Xbox Live Gold, but um, you know now it's the core tier. Those are two different things. If you are on the core tier, that is not you. Hey, you get everything on Game Pass. Like we just said, that's the that's the kind of bulk games, the twenty library of twenty five, and the online access, online multiplayer access on the console. I mean, but, they they already had a little bit of a branding problem, or at least a like consumer confusion issue around like you can pay eleven bucks a month for Game Pass on console, but that doesn't get you multiplayer. You still right. have to get Xbox Live Gold to get multiplayer. Like that was confusing. They have at least now unified the entire subscription under the Game Pass umbrella. But right. I think that just makes it even more confusing. <laughs> it did for ten, me for a second. The ten dollar a month Game Pass gets you multiplayer. The eleven dollar a month one does not. <laughs> right. But but I mean obviously they're trying to push you to ultimate. They Yes. You know, because other it's twenty one bucks a month to get all of that, unless you get ultimate for seventeen instead, right? Um, ultimate same, including same thing the PC doing. stuff too. Yeah, like it's it's still a kind of messy solution to a problem they haven't solved yet. Like I, the real thing to me here is this just really illustrates the primacy of Game Pass as the thing going forward. That they are literally pulling the Xbox Live name out of the subscription offerings, and I wonder. Are they just going to stop saying Xbox Live at all? Like they might. I don't think they're going to get that out of the like public lexicon anytime soon. Yeah, it's fucking crazy. I need to find it in here. It's like, yes, here it is. Second paragraph on Xbox Wire. For over twenty years, Xbox players have been connecting to, via Xbox Live to compete, cooperate, and experience the biggest blah blah blah. Like. Dude, don't come at me. Don't just like nonchalantly drop like, hey, Xbox Live is over 20 years old. 
Like what? My heart can't take it. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. It was just weird. You know, I mean, Xbox Live is kind of instant an, an institution. So it's just a weird passing of the torch thing here of, I, are they retiring that branding? I they, need to know. If they do retire that branding, I hope that in the future, when they do showcases, they call rebrand those as Xbox Live showcases. Like, uh, okay. like just, just yeah, like sure. bring it back for the fans. <laughs> like, you man. know, much uh, like, much like EA once turned the origin name from a <laughs> beloved developer yes. into the name of a shitty PC launcher. Mm hmm. Microsoft can take the name of their multiplayer service and turn it into the name of their press conference. Exactly. Um, ex- and we have another Xbox Live coming up. Phil Spencer's going to show you what's coming up next sure. in the next couple of months here sure. for Xbox. Sure. Like a Nintendo Direct, an Xbox Live. Yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, again, kind of key takeaway there. Heads up. If you are an Xbox Live uh, member, you will be <laughs> pushed into a core membership. Uh, that has a couple of changes, especially around your game library. So heads up for that. I think that's September 1st is when Games with Gold comes to an end and some of that shift happens. Some of that shift. Um, and I think September 14th is the core stuff. So look out for that. Finally, uh, just very quickly here, um, uh, PlayStation did it first, but it seems like Xbox is bringing voice chat moderation to its platforms. Uh, yeah. Report, report your friends. No. Yes. <laughs> report report uh, toxic behavior by sending clips to Microsoft for review. Yeah, I, I had somehow missed that PS5 had this already. PS4 does not, but PS5 does have voice clip reporting for bad behavior on voice chat, which is rampant, as everybody knows. Um, now Xbox is rolling it out as well. Sounds like what you would want. Yeah. Easily, easily take a 60-second clip of, of the voice chat that just happened. Fill out a report, submit it, et cetera, et cetera. Yep. Keep your privacy, you know, and security tight on that stuff. Don't fuck it up, Microsoft, and make I, sure, you know, you're using it for the right purposes. And Also, well, interestingly, I don't know how Sony handles it, but they delete it off your console after 24 hours, whether you have reported it or not. I saw that as a bullet point. I don't remember Sony saying that, um, so I don't know if they do that it seemed like microsoft was aware that there are privacy issues with this and and yeah not just privacy but also if it's like particularly egregious you probably don't want to like stumble into Mm. a clip of somebody saying something hurtful to you a year later that you forgot was on there there is that but there i think there are all yes you're absolutely right for its intended purpose i think there are also probably concerns about people recording conversation private yeah, conversations yeah, and have yeah. through an official mechanism obviously anybody yeah, can record whatever you want probably the main reason um uh they basically say like hey if you haven't submitted it in 24 hours we'll give you a notification saying like hey do you still want to submit this but then yeah. it will get deleted right uh anyway it's good that they have this the uh, uh, next piece of news here, I was very excited about to see as someone who has long been <laughs> not a not a champion, but uh, in favor of uh, rechargeable batteries versus built-in battery packs in things like uh, handhelds and controllers. Brad Shoemaker, what is this piece of legislation or news coming out of? Where is it? The UK, yeah. It's, a, it's an e no EU, EU. regulation. Okay. EU regulation is that all handheld products by 2027 or as of 2027 have to have user replaceable batteries. I like it. 
Yeah. Or at least serviceable, right? Like this is a move for this is an environmental move in the end, hopefully. I think it, or it's uh, underneath it's I read the broad legislation, it was pretty thick. Um it seems like they are trying to get from basically start to finish a process on batteries to kind of get this under control. Um, yeah, I, I think the I think the EU is pretty consumer rights oriented from my very limited experience. I'm mostly basing that on this USB-C regulation that the, is looming for phones. Um, basically, all phones in the EU have to use USB-C by the end of next year. Okay. Uh, so they are they are fairly aggressive and good on them for pushing stuff like this. Uh, that, of course. <laughs> get into a whole can of worms about if USB-C is sufficient. Is that the one? If that is a side grade from lightning for some reasons, but anyway, um, like their, their hearts are in the right place though on stuff like this. Yeah. Like, look, uh, I, I am someone who changes, who will go in and crack open a thing that's not supposed to be cracked open to change a dead battery. Right. These things last, Um, old consoles, old things that have built in batteries. You have, you can have problems that are legitimate problems with swelling or or battery, battery issues. That's -hmm. that's the big one. to me. Well, I mean, just being able to replace the battery so the device remains useful is important, but the bigger one to me is like, Hey, these, like this types of batteries are a safety hazard. They are, if not disposed of and making it that hard to get them out in that sense really sucks. Yeah. Getting them out, you know, versus people, people, basically chucking the entire device just in the trash or separating the battery from the electronics where you could put them in one in a hazardous waste and one in electronics recycling. Like that stuff is hard and, and not, and kind of complicated. It's much easier just to throw a thing in the trash. So make it as easy as possible for people to get the batteries out a and B make it easy as possible for people to get, um, third party or aftermarket batteries to replace them there. If not just, you know, um, uh, off the shelf stuff, you know, that you can, that you can put in there. I'm, I'm a big fan of that. I do wonder, I have to check the legislation or talk to somebody smarter or more aware than myself. Would this apply to phones? Uh, I, I do, I do not know. And it seems like most people don't know because this document is open to interpretation. Okay. Like it, it flat it's out like- says in here that the, the scope of the devices included in this has not been like fully, I mean, it's obviously it's described in the regulation, but like yeah. that, you know, different people might have different arguments for why a certain device does or does not qualify. So like, this is a communication device. This isn't I a, that's, you know, that's probably yet to be tested, but con- control it. Like I, I used to talk about this with Abby kind of, she was a big, I like my rechargeable batteries in my controller. I'm a big PlayStation built in rechargeable battery fan. And I was always a big Xbox controller, put your own rechargeable batteries in there. That way, if your batteries run out, you just swap them out and you don't mm-hmm. have to plug the controller in. Yep. Uh, but there's a convenience factor for just having rechargeables built in and, you know, just make sure your battery's charged. So, yeah. uh, I mean, I, yes, I, I just replaced the sticks in a DualShock 4 a couple weeks ago, and it's like not the hardest thing to take apart and deal with, but ooh. it's still a pain in the ass. Those DualShock 4s are not, those are not um, for novices. There's a lot of real thin component, like, yeah, there's like that three, weird thin film like circuit three. board three small ribbon cables that you have to deal with and stuff. Yeah. That, honestly, my, my biggest thing, the thing I hate the most about taking stuff like that apart is just getting the housing open. Oh, like everything, you feel like you're going to crack sealed. a tab. Yeah. Everything is, yes. Everything is like sealed together so tightly these days that yeah. you got to work a pry tool in there and 
50-50, you're going to break a tab or two off in the process of getting it open. You're at least going to chew up some of the plastic if you're not careful. Because yes. I always find those uh, plastic spudgers just aren't enough to do the job all the time. And then yeah. you, you want something a little more aggressive. But yeah, yes. so making making the battery easily replaceable, if nothing else, is, is huge because that is the most consumable thing in something like that. Totally. And like, look, we've um, all been around this long enough to know that battery degradation over time sucks. Like, you know, when you start getting to the point where your device lasts about 20 seconds off of the, the battery, it's kind of useless, especially in controllers, and it makes them useless. And again, I'll just I'll mention, because it's real, old batteries are can be dangerous inside yeah. of a, a device. Um, you know, if, you, if anybody's seen an iPhone or an old iPod that's starting to bulge, heads up. Mm-hmm. That's that no good. That ain't, mm-hmm. that ain't great. Uh, all right. I've got, I've got like three bulging batteries that really need to go to e-waste. Um, uh, tell me about I your really mind. should get that done. <laughs> tell me about your bulging batteries. Another Please time I would like maker. to not in fact <laughs> hear about your bulging batteries if at all possible. One of them says uh, what dying say? light two on it. Oh, on your bulging battery. So do my yes. balls. Okay. Uh, here's, here's another public service announcement since we're talking about things going bad in controllers. Uh, uh-huh. Don't leave your controllers near a windowsill. Ooh, what'd you get? Because I, I don't know. I don't. Whatever that reaction is that causes certain types of rubber to get really sticky and disgusting oh, over time. Oh yeah. Apparently, is massively accelerated by ultraviolet light. Was it the thumbsticks? Yes, the sticks on uh, a. It's it's I. It's the last DualShock Four I bought, so it's actually probably only four years old or something. Man, I left it out on a table near a windowsill for like three months without touching it. And it got that sticky I went gross. Touched, like they were really unusably disgusting. Like this, I hate they were that. Like, uh, the sticks were so sticky. It's not a cheap controller. That's that's why I had to replace the sticks because they were uh, absolutely disgusting. Hey, did you find uh, not to turn this into a personal conversation? I could just have with you offline. But did you did you find a reliable source for your analog replacement sticks? I have, I have to um, do it on a Nintendo Pro controller, and I feel like I, I've had fifty fifty luck with my sources. I bought um, I bought a pair of uh, of aluminum sticks. Okay. From good old Extreme Rate. Extreme Rate? Yes, purveyors of fine switch replacement shells and a bunch of other nonsense okay. for consoles. You can Google them if you want. I, I'm a little torn now having done it on the metal sticks. Okay. Like, they're definitely, you don't get the grip, obviously. Like, yeah. the, your thumbs kind of slip on them a little bit because they're slick. Put thumb socks on them. And especially, little, uh, yeah, and especially if your thumbs are, like, kind of dry, like you're... It doesn't feel like you've got a, the greatest grip on there. Okay. Um, they feel nice, though. They're quite cold. Did you use your pine sole? No, there's no soldering. What? This is just a... The, the, you're not replacing the entire, like, stick apparatus. It's just oh, the, the, oh, the, the actual stick okay. is just an insert on top of the mechanical part. Oh, so it's not the it's not the electronics part. No, it, that, the DualShock stick is basically irreplaceable. The oh. actual stick. It's got... It's, like, 14 solder points. Great. Awesome. Um, you have to do the whole like dip it in a solder bath kind of thing to okay. get it. I like I fix it themselves basically <laughs> say like, hey, don't try this. This is not <laughs> worth it. I haven't had to do it for a DualShock 4 yet. Uh, I did have to take a DualShock 4 apart after my dog chewed it, but I didn't have to replace a stick. Inside the in, the innards of that thing are, like I said, they are complicated at this point. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, I kind of, I kind of chewed up the edges of the of the enclosure a little bit, getting it open. Unfortunately, but it's wacky. Uh, all right, next story here. Tell me if you've heard this before. Rata, rata, rata ton. 
Yeah, the developers of Patapone are now making Rotaton. <laughs> um, they're kickstarting it. Mm-hmm. It is the uh, the creator and the original composer have come together to uh, uh, to launch a Kickstarter campaign. I think they announced this at Bit Summit in Japan this past week. To me, I mean, it's cool that they're doing this. I, I mean, you know, okay, fine. I'll, I'll talk about the game first. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, in fact, I'm just quoting from an interview that uh, the producer did with Video Games Chronicle. The three main game concepts are over 100 cute characters fighting out on screen, mm-hmm. four-player simultaneous battles, and more adventure and roguelike elements than Potapone had. Like, that all sounds cool. Yeah. Okay. That yeah. all sounds like a nice evolution of that concept. Also, they put out some art that looks really nice, I think. It's a little teaser trailer that is like, very Patapone. Like those games being on PSP reminds you how limited they were by being on the PSP. When you see this nice high-res art and then you see that they're saying 100 characters at a time and stuff, that's like, okay. Mm-hmm. They're taking this concept and expanding it on better hardware. Uh, the fact that they have to kickstart this, though. <laughs> Not a great feels sign. telling feels telling. Well, you know, Sony shut down Japan studio. Yep. Yep. Like I know that, uh, what is it? Team Asobi is the Astrobot developer, right? Mm. I think like whatever was left of Japan studio got folded into that group. So it's not like they're not making any games there, but, but it's very different, man. The, like it used to feel like a fire hose of weird little, <laughs> lower priced games coming out of Sony's Japanese development efforts. And that stuff is just about gone these days. Just and that's about sad. Yeah. Definitely feels much more when I think of Sony, what comes out of Sony, it's like God of war, Spider-Man, you know, those big last of us, the big, big giant triple A stuff and not the cool kind of genre inventing games that used to come out of there. Yeah. Yeah. Like, they're so entrenched as the dominant console, at least between them and Microsoft, that I'm sure in their minds it's like, oh, we don't need to put out these weird little things that don't sell that well anymore because people are already here. But mm-hmm. I feel like there's still an argument for making your platform seem cooler with stuff that might not be turning massive amounts of, of ROI. Yeah, I just I feel like at this point trying to get one of those, like kind of you know beloved niche japanese games like that you know onto a platform like this will require something like a kickstarted campaign you know and even that is not always a guarantee you remember what happened when the parappa guy tried to make a new one of those and that one did not get funded god i forgot about that yeah there have uh, been a few of those some of them got got funded you know some of sweary stuff i think got funded when he was doing his stuff but like how did i forget about this project rap rabbit yes it sounded neat, but it also sounded like we literally are just making a new version of that game. And I think there just wasn't enough of a groundswell of support for that. And I yeah, really that's, hope yeah. that's different this time around. Yeah, I, I guess like some of Swery's efforts on Kickstarter also have been a little iffy, right? Yeah, some have, some have worked, some not so much. Yeah, um, uh, fine. I mean, I get it. There, maybe there just isn't that much demand for a new Potapone, but... It just it just reminds me of the time when like XBLA might have had a lot of big great games, but PSN felt like the place for just a lot of weird stuff. Yes, for sure. Mm-hmm. A lot of a lot of more experimental or like unexpected, unusual stuff. Um Brad and Alex, mm-hmm. 
before I move on to our next and final story, as I was scrolling to the end of that uh, Rataton story, a, uh, th- a little uh, little thumbnail caught my eye, and I forgot we didn't mention this during the Xbox part. But farewell, Major Nelson. Oh yeah, yeah. yes, yes. I saw that. I thought about putting it in here. Yeah. I don't know. Just a quick. Uh, what has he about? been doing the last several of, years? Is the question speaking, I have. But speaking of, of things at Xbox for that have been going for over twenty years. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Is he getting rebranded? Uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know. know. He was like, know, he, he, yeah. I, he was like, I don't know, I'm gonna call him an Xbox brand. The major Xbox brand ambassador. He was I'm gonna like, say he's one of yeah. the first brand ambassadors <laughs> that I can think of. Yes. Uh, Director of programming, it sounds like, was his final title there. Is that right? Uh, Sure. Sure. That's what I'm seeing. So maybe he was in a somewhat less front-facing role by the end. I don't know. uh, From a different time, old uh, Major Nelson. But yeah, 20 years. Uh, Does does anybody out there know, if you only got into, let's say, the Xbox ecosystem, this is a general question out there to the audience, in the last 10 years or so, do you even know who we're talking about? Larry Major Nelson, like I, I feel like Do the, the kids know about Major Nelson. We need to know. <laughs> we, we need to know. Just kind of been in the background. I feel like uh, for a while, but uh, wasn't that first? Was oh, I remember. I, th- I feel like was it was it like directly post three sixty release that he really started becoming more prominent. I don't remember. Y- yeah, he would have like he was definitely like on camera and talking. You know, getting out there and. and pumping the hype machine so i can't i can't remember actually because like like social media was not big enough for him to be big on there in 2005 but i i don't know I feel like he would handle how. like their e3 stuff and like be, be out there pre-show yeah, he, and post-show yeah, he became like a, a presenter for a lot of their stuff i guess but he also i just felt like was communicating a lot of information to people about xbox stuff right yeah yeah like he, he, was, oh, he had a blog didn't he yes he did that's i think that's what it was i think remember because 2005 was still the era of the uh-huh. blog uh-huh. i think that's where he actually started becoming prominent was blogging about xbox stuff uh yeah herb director of promotions uh or sorry i'm looking at his final title here i didn't know he had a podcast everyone does yeah, I guess. <laughs> right, that's the new thing that you go from blog to podcast. Yeah. Right, that makes sense. Picture him on Wikipedia holding a lancer with a chainsaw. That's it. That's all I needed to see. All right, Brad, take it to our, our final story here. You know, speaking of things from a time time gone. I, I don't even know what to say about this. Somebody help me out here. They're putting Gex on modern consoles. I got nothing. I'm not a Gex fan. Uh, it's like not my Gex, bag. Gex trilogy. I don't know that I've ever played a Gex game. Yeah, like like Gex feels like a maybe like a Dan Reichert thing. I don't know. Kind of. I don't know if Dan Reichert. Dan, did you like Gex? I don't know. I've got nothing on Gex. Like uh, Gex to me was just like always kind of second to Bubsy <laughs> in the late nineties in terms of like maybe there are too many mascot platformers now. Does Gex have attitude or is Gex uh, just goofy? probably? I mean, okay, so Gex Trilogy is a collection that Limited Run Games is putting out. Mm-hmm. Gex is a gecko, you might have guessed, who is kind of like a secret agent, tuxedo-wearing guy. Or at least he was in some of his games. Uh, yeah, He's voiced by Dana Gould. 
I think that's that's the actual thing. And even in the time, I remember like, oh man, they got Dana Gould to voice this guy. That's like actually Dana Gould is very funny. I've Sa- seen his stand up live. He is quite good. Dana Gould doing anything recently? I don't know, but I, I, that's really all I had to say about this. Okay. Was if, if this is if this is a way for Dana Gould to get paid some more, then then, <laughs> then good for them. Uh, uh, I don't know if anybody's actually clamoring for Gex. Gex started on the 3DO. If that tells you anything, okay. Maybe that's why I have zero love for Maybe familiarity if, with Gex. If, if if anybody ever gets around to a 3DO core for the Mister, which I'm not expecting, maybe we'll play some Gex, original Gex. Um, I'm just trying to see. Are there details for this in terms of dates? I don't know if we need. Them. We don't need. Are <laughs> you saying nobody cares? Nobody cares. Uh, somebody will care. <laughs> uh, look look for it. Limited run games. I I didn't see anything here. Um. That had a date in this thing. All right. They're, they're porting it. It's some kind of remaster there. It's being reported to a new engine and stuff. Yes. I don't know what the carbon engine is, but um, yes. Look for Gex on the carbon engine. That's going to do it for the news. Uh, big news there, I guess. I'll say the, the again, to reiterate, uh, look for Overwatch coming to Steam in the, in the near future and uh, a bunch of Xbox stuff. Your subscriptions might be changing. Hopefully. In the future, we can have replaceable batteries in our electronics or serv- serviceable batteries in our, repla- our electronics. Brett Shoemaker, we've got an email address here. It is podcast at nextlander.com. That is podcast at nextlander.com. What is floating around there in the old email pool? I don't know if we have time for a bunch of them. You got, you got one or two there. You want to pluck a luck? Pluck a luck. Pluck a luck out? Yes, I have selected... Ein email. Okay, okay. Un email. All right, I'm not down with your leet speak, but uh, I'm going to suspect that means we have an email. It's from Zach, and it's about David Lynch. Okay. About meeting David Lynch, kind of. Okay. Uh, I have a family member who has been bouncing around startups in Silicon Valley for 30 years or so. As a result, they get to go to some swankier places and parties. And in this case, it was the 2018 David Lynch Festival of Disruption. What is that? Great names. I have no idea. I'll look it up for you. Uh, I flew out to join him after he said it would be okay. Uh, now, now he's outgoing and social, whereas I am an IT person from Minnesota. So standing in a room where the RZA is live scoring 36th chamber of the Shaolin while Grace Jones and Jeff Goldblum share a drink is not a normal day for me. Okay. Fair. Fair enough. In a night of odd moments and people, the one that stood out most was Lynch himself who sat in a booth wearing sunglasses with a bodyguard army around him and not talking to anyone. Uh, I pretty much just stood in the back with the kind of body language that let anyone famous know they didn't want to talk to me. Uh-huh. But when it was time to leave, I decided I would at least acknowledge the situation. And as I walked by Lynch's booth, I waved and shouted, I saw a racer head when I was 12. <laughs> he smiled, waved back and said, Good. That sounds about right. And that was my single brush with greatness. Alex, can I get a David Lynch good? I feel like you do the David Lynch. Good. <laughs> okay, thank you. It's like I'm there. <laughs> right. Really. <laughs> uh, I wouldn't I wouldn't have taken him for a bodyguard guy. I guess that's uh, yeah. the only thing from this story. I would have. That was, yeah. I mean, he's the guy running the event, whatever the Festival of Disruption is. Do we know? 
So the Festival of Disruption is some sort of festival they were running where it's like it's a a charity thing that benefits the David Lynch Foundation, which is the foundation that mostly evangelizes uh, transcendental meditation, which is kind of his whole big thing. Okay. Good. I guess I guess as the impresario, you probably maybe want some protection or something. I don't know. But yeah. yeah he, yes, he did not seem like a hide behind a bunch of ruffians sort of guy. Maybe he was, he, hey, look, maybe he was sitting at the, t- I could believe this more. Maybe he was sitting at the table with like staff and crew, like bouncers and, and crew just kind of hanging out, wanted to be with the people, yeah. you know, maybe that's what I, I want to believe that. He, he does seem to me like the kind of person to just sit there and not talk to people though. Oh yeah. Or, I mean, I don't know anything about David Lynch really, except he for talks what? to his friends. I think that's okay. all he really wants I can, to do. I, I, I don't know. Knowing him as I do. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. As an expert. Uh, I could uh, I could see him just like sitting there taking it in. That's what I would do. Being a bit above it all. Good. Uh that's gonna do it for our emails. He yeah. said questioning. Uh that's gonna do it for our emails, and that's gonna do it for our show this week. Uh speaking of David Lynch, we've got the watchcast ongoing. You should go check it out because we are barreling through Twin Peaks, and boy. I'm having a fun ride watching all these twists and turns and who's now dating whom it's everybody's dating everybody else. It's and dating. The, 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 How cute. See, it's, <laughs> seeing plotting. Uh, I watched the last two episodes with my wife and it was, I found myself uh, a fairly light lift for me to explain everybody. I think, I think as dense as all of that weaving of relationships seem, I think I got it. I think yeah. I'm on top of it. It's it's you know, hey, this person's married to this person, but they're they're secretly seeing this person who is also secretly seeing this person. So if you want to join us, you can do that over on the Patreon, uh, where we have the latest and greatest episodes of the Watchcast. You can also catch the Watchcast wherever only the best podcasts are found. We also have uh, Never Been a Better Podcast currently up with uh, Austin Walker and Abby Russell where you can find out about uh, Abby's obsession with 7-Eleven clothing, the Kool-Aid man, all sorts of fun stuff over there. Alex's uh, uh, secret childhood uh, 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 friends' food choices, dinner food choices. Mm-hmm. Um, soda milk, I believe it was. Uh, you can uh, find out all about that stuff over at patreon.com slash nextlander, where there are a bunch of different tiers, and you can find one that fits your lifestyle, including one called the Mysterious Benefactor tier, where you get your name read on this here show. And I am going to read those names for you today. I have the honor of reading those names for you today, starting with RRE. John Richardson, Vornak, Kelly F., Brian Lucier, Skywarp, John Hubbard, Sean Miller, Evan Cook, Mark Wilhelm, Jerry Lee. Deirdre has now killed more dinosaurs than meteors or whatever. Gary Pejke, Robert Fisher, John McInnes, Bunny Fiend, Peter Reardon, Thomas Lynn. Jad Rita, Statics, Andrew Jackson, Mega Crane, Razgriz 2, Brian Murphy, Randy Duax, Andrew Teepkin, Alex Wu, It's Me JP, 
Matt Clements Jr., Edward Chick, Andrew Slosky, Steve Lynn, Matthew Herrig, David Campos, and Tyler Treese. Those are the mysterious... Those are the mysterious benefactors for this week. Thanks again to them and to everyone who has gone over to patreon.com slash nextlander to support us. Everyone who's checked us out across the multiverse of the internet, the YouTubes, the Twitches, the podcast platforms, wherever you consume fine internet, only the fine internet products. We're not where you consume the bad internet product. We won't be found there. You- no, I have the bad internet product, apparently. Yeah, you. Uh, yeah, it's exclusive to Alex's uh, internet connection. Just piped in directly into his house. It's always something. It's always something. Welcome to owning a house. It's uh. always something. Bless this mess. Uh, thanks, everybody, for joining us. I just want to recap quickly here in case you missed it. Uh, we are going to be uh, setting sail on the Sea of Thieves uh, on Thursday with Abby Russell. Alex and I will be checking out. Well, we hope that, I will. We hope, We hope. given the Sea of Internet fun, uh, we will be checking that out on Thursday. On Friday, we're going to be doing a grab bag. Probably going to show off some of that viewfinder. If I had to guess, we will show off some of that Pikmin 4 as well. Uh, and on Monday, we played... Karatika. Karatika. Brad That's and I right. got into some Apple II nonsense. Some bad birds. Uh, that bird. And listen, the bird wasn't. The, Brad got past the bird. Oh, yeah. I Brad had, learned I had, the bird. Oh, the bird was the word. Yeah. I had, that, I had that bird dealt with. That bird's number was known. That was, You'll have to tune in to find out <laughs> what, what, what closed on Brad, uh, what ended the, the, the Brad run, what closed the door on Brad's run. Uh, you'll have to check it out. The answer probably won't shock you if you played Karatika. Uh, but a lot of fun there. We also checked out some other stuff on Apple IIe. Brad makes a valiant effort to make it across the United States in an Oregon Trail run. Uh, defeated by the escape key. <laughs> defeated by the escape key. It's a fun stream. You can check it out from this past Monday. Of course, we've got the Ramble cast up and, like I said, the Watchcast. Never been a better podcast. Check them all out. Thank you very much, Brad Shoemaker. Thank, Thank you. you, Alex Navarro. I hope your internet trials and tribulations clear themselves hey, up. Hey, me too. Yeah. Everything else gonna, is going great. It's just this one thing. You going to call someone? Oh, I'm, I'm to, calling someone. I've literally got my phone up right here, oh, man. I'm you ready. You frustrated. I could tell. It's It sucks. I'm sorry. Uh, if you didn't know, I'll just say it here. Alex has been kind of dropping in and out uh, throughout the uh, podcast. I actually think he has dropped out currently as I say this. Uh, it is... <laughs> We'll it is, say whatever we want about it. <laughs> yep. Seems so frustrating. Uh, so thank you for your patience, Alex. Hopefully things get resolved. And we'll be back. We'll tell you all about it next week on this here podcast. Thanks, everyone. See ya. See ya.